0: upon meeting Harriet Beecher Stowe, author of Uncle Tom's Cabin, purportedly said, So, this is the little lady who started this great war. Similarly, Russian President Dmitry Medvedev, upon meeting Alexander Solzhenitsyn, author of One Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich, purportedly said, So, this is the man who brought down the Soviet Union. Lincoln was clearly indulging in a good deal of hyperbole, but Medvedev was not. Indeed, as Vitaly Korotich, the great Ukrainian writer and editor, declared, the Soviet Union was destroyed by information, and this wave started from Solzhenitsyn's one day. Alexander Solzhenitsyn was Russia's greatest 20th century writer and undoubtedly its most influential dissident. All the efforts of Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher to break the stranglehold of the Soviet Union's evil empire would likely have had a little effect were it not for the groundbreaking work already done by Solzhenitsyn. He was born in 1918. During the dark days at the end of the First World War and the beginning of the Russian Civil War, his Cossack parents were devout Christians, defying the emerging anti-religious campaign of the Lenin and Stalin Bolshevik revolutionaries. Though he would abandon his childhood faith during his impressionable college years, he would return to a faithfulness that would inform all his novels— and would endure for the whole of his life. He studied mathematics and physics at the Rostov State University and history and literature at the Moscow Institute of Philosophy. He was already an aspiring writer, but the outbreak of the Second World War interrupted his career plans, and he enlisted in the Red Army. He served as a commander of an artillery battery on the Prussian front and was twice decorated for bravery in the line of fire. But then, in 1944, he was awarded the Order of the Red Star. It was there, though, that he witnessed a whole series of depraved war crimes, brazen atrocities, shaking his confidence in the moral foundations of the Soviet military command— And the political regime that stood behind it in Moscow. Then in 1945, Solzhenitsyn was arrested by Soviet counterintelligence spies for writing derogatory comments in private letters to a friend about the horrors of the war. He was accused of anti Soviet propaganda and was taken to the notorious KGB Lubyanka prison in Moscow. He was tried and sentenced to an eight-year prison term in a labor camp, one of the many gulags scattered all across the barren landscape of Siberia. He worked as a miner, a bricklayer, and a foundry foreman, experiences that would form the basis for most of his later novels, including One Day. After serving his eight-year sentence, Solzhenitsyn was sent to internal exile for life in Kazakhstan. Shortly thereafter, the death of Joseph Stalin and the rise of Nikita Khrushchev paved the way for Solzhenitsyn to be exonerated and allowed to return from exile. At last, he was able to turn his full attention to writing and publishing. In 1960, He submitted a draft of his novella, One Day, to Novy Mir, a Russian literary magazine. The editors were so impressed that despite obvious risks, they submitted the manuscript to the Communist Party Central Committee for permission to publish. Nikita Khrushchev's determination to undermine the legacy of his predecessor inclined him to authorize the work— despite the objections of several other top party members. So in 1962, in the month of November, Novi Mir published it. And over the next three years, the book version of the story sold nearly 100,000 copies throughout the Soviet bloc. The hauntingly beautiful story details a single day in the life of Ivan Denisovich Shukov's 10-year sentence in a Siberian gulag. The novella is tersely written and emotionally harrowing. Uh, The cold, the hunger, the brutality, the isolation, the hopelessness, and the ruthless demands of day-to-day survival in the gulag are all powerfully portrayed. In fact, some critics have argued that the story is best read slowly and aloud so that the full effect of the words may be felt. Following the publication of one day, Solzhenitsyn was able to publish four more books, increasingly criticized by the Soviet bureaucracy. When he was awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1970, it was one day that the committee cited as the foundation upon which all his other classic works were built. By then, the Soviet authorities had ostracized Solzhenitsyn and banned his books following the removal of Khrushchev from power. The Soviet authorities were brazen, but Solzhenitsyn continued to write, smuggling his manuscripts to the West. And that's where a cancer ward, August 1914, and the Gulag Archipelago were published, much to the outrage of the Kremlin. In 1965, the KGB seized all his papers, including the manuscript of The First Circle. In 1969, he was expelled from the Soviet Writers' Union. In 1971, KGB agents attempted to assassinate him in a ricin attack. Uh, Though he became deathly ill, he eventually recovered. Then, in 1974, in a scathing denunciation of his trilogy, Uh, the Gulag Trilogy, Pravda accused him of being a Hitlerite and a fascist. KGB chief Yuri Andropov arrested Solzhenitsyn, stripped him of his citizenship, and deported him, first to West Germany and then to the United States. He and his family settled in Cavendish, Vermont, where he continued to write prolifically and voluminously. In 1978, he gave the Harvard Commencement Address. While unstinting in his criticism of Soviet tyranny, he also condemned the mainstream press, Hollywood, and Wall Street, which had together uh, led to the corrosion of tradition and morality in the West, creating ugliness and spiritual vapidity of the dominant pop culture. Meanwhile, the Soviet hierarchy continued to chafe under the criticisms of Solzhenitsyn and the widening influence of his work. Thus, Yuri Andropov approved a massive KGB operation to discredit the writer and his family, posting spies in Vermont and sponsoring a series of anti-Solzhenitsyn articles and books, but all to no avail. His work continued to send quakes and tremors throughout the communist world until, at long last, the walls came a-tumbling down. As he declared, the simple step of a courageous individual is not to take part in the lie. One word of truth outweighs the world. This is the very essence of both resistance and Reformation. I'm George Grant on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. For more information and resources, go to George Grant.